This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into a post-game edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. And boy, tale of two podcasts, writing this thing up tonight. And I was excited to say that the stars have arrived, that the stars are the kings of the central, that the stars beat a quality team. And then all of a sudden, halfway through the second period, we saw what the avalanche were all about. And candidly, we found out what the stars were all about. So we'll talk about tonight's game. We'll take some of your questions and you guys are fired up tonight and rightfully so. So this game started out really, really good. I mean, Pete DeBoer said it after the game in that, you know, he liked the way the team that, uh, that came out. I liked the way the team came out. They had high energy, great legs, and they were beating Colorado to the puck. And they were more aggressive on the forecheck and their passing was crisp. We got to talk about that first line and I'm calling them the first line now because they are the first line on this team. Duchesne Sagan Marchment once again, doing it again. Tyler Sagan is on an absolute tear. We're seeing old Tyler Sagan do not break up this line. Matt Duchesne is what Tyler Sagan needed, similar to Wyatt Johnston is what Jamie Ben needs. So first goal, first of all, we went five minutes without a shot on goal. So 15.09 was the first shot, and it was by the Avalanche. So a couple early chances by the Avalanche, and then the Stars absolutely exploded and controlled the play. 9.27 left in the first period. That line of Duchesne, Sagan, and Marchment uh, do it again. So, you know, on that play, it started with a Yanni Hockenpah beautiful tip as he joined the cycle. So you actually had four stars in that cycle. It was in the ab zone, Marchment with that sweet saucer pass, Sagan doing a great job, basically short hopping, handling it almost like his stick was a glove, and then roofing it and put the stars up top that actually put Tyler Sagan tied for fifth. He would later surpass it. And he's now alone in fifth place for all times, all time goals by a star. Uh, Marchment later draws a high stick stars went from one of the worst power plays to lately being one of the best. I mean, their spacing on tonight's power play early was terrific. Uh, They basically made the abs compact made the abs watching the puck rather than players players move around and on that power play where marchman drew the high stick jamie ben sets up shop behind the net and if you were watching tonight's game you saw 
two avalanche players basically watching Jamie Ben and Joe Pavelski on that play does something that only a veteran can do. Joe Pavelski was actually tied up, which would have been Ben's backhand side to pass it. And Joe Pavelski actually found space. He moves just enough over to the right side, open space for a forehand one-timer. And that put the stars up two to nothing. Uh, Stars made it three to nothing with Sagan off a tip. It basically went Lindell to Marchment once again, using the stick tip comes to Sagan who's crashing the net and it's three Oh stars. And we are in business folks. We are in business. Not only that, they go on the five on three power play. And that's where you think they put the game out of reach. And it was the opposite. That is where the avalanche gained momentum avalanche kill a five on three power play and then score and it was reviewed now let's talk about the review because that is the controversy of the game that's what people are talking about the stars in the offseason had to change um video review so brand new video review personnel And this was their first review of the year. So Miles Wood, somehow, because Miles Wood is not the fastest skater, but Nils Lundqvist and Jason Robertson were caught watching the puck. That allowed Miles Wood to get behind the defense. At first shot, Jake Ottinger makes the stop. Miles Wood skate in the continuation of momentum hits the pads of Ottinger, which I still feel as though loosened up the pads enough for the puck to continue sliding through Ottinger's pads into the net. Did I think the challenge was bad? I actually don't. Do I think they, their chances of winning it were low? Yes, because I think it was incidental contact. I think It was momentum, but more importantly, there was no video proof that that skate actually, even though I think it did happen, that's the thing about video evidence. On ice, it scored a goal. So you need conclusive evidence to overturn it. There was no conclusive evidence. You can say, well, clearly the skate went into the pads, which caused that. But now you're guessing because you didn't actually see it happen. So therefore, I thought it was a low chance. At the time, I said, well, I think they should challenge it. But that new NHL rule where if you lose the challenge, you go on, not only can you score, but you get a two-minute power play. I mean, that hurt the stars. If you lose the challenge, you become shorthanded. So the stars fell into a trap where Colorado was just getting power play after power play. The last three power plays of the game were Colorado. And from that point, it was all Colorado. So, I mean, if you look statistically, Colorado did finish with 38 shots on net. Dallas dominated the face-off circle 60% to 
They were both one for four on the power play. So nothing really sticks out as far as wow, except for the fact if you watch that play, somehow the legs went away from your Dallas Stars. Somehow the energy went away. Colorado, midway through the second period, through the end of the game, was absolutely dominant. So it's early. Pete DeBoer said after the game, it's early. I'm glad it happens early. He called the decision poor to challenge that goal. I think he said poor coaching because ultimately it is his decision. But you have to go with the guidance of the video coaches. But what I want to focus on is four losses by the Stars over what I feel are four quality teams. And I know Toronto's been struggling. But at the time when they came into the AAC, they were hot. Give me a quality win by this Dallas Stars team over a team that is going to be a playoff contender. And I don't think you can. Losses to Vegas, losses to Toronto, loss to Boston, and tonight a loss to Colorado. So here's what happens. Now, can the Stars rebound against this? Absolutely. But we talked on Spits and Suds that this is a stretch where we'll see what Stars team we really are. And clearly tonight, we saw, for the first 30 minutes of the game, Dallas is a very good team, but you got to play all 60. So they haven't had a quality win yet. Hopefully that's on Monday against the New York Rangers. Hopefully they can take down Vegas on Wednesday. But the Stars had a chance tonight to go up five points in the Central Division. At this early stage, that's a nice lead. So a disappointed locker room, understandably so. Like Pete DeBoer said, and I agree, it's early. But you can't let these things happen. You cannot let any team score six goals against you and carry the momentum. Because teams moving forward, if I'm a coach and I'm playing the Dallas Stars and they're up by three, they're up by four, I'm telling my team you're not out of the game. And I am citing this game. The other thing that I'm citing, if I'm playing against the Dallas Stars, look how effective the Stars power play, if you have a chance to go back. Look how effective it is when they have a chance to set up shop. Look at the difference on that final power play of the Stars when the Avs were putting a lot of pressure on the puck handler. Completely different power play. If I'm teams, I'm actually widening my box against the Stars. I'm being aggressive. I'm coming out after the puck, and I'm forcing a turnover. So I think there was some stuff put on video tonight that the Stars are going to have to overcome. Penalties are also a problem. Rope Hints took a penalty tonight that he didn't need to. 
He did not have to high stick Ryan Johansson. That was based on frustration in front of the net. You have to be more disciplined. And I know they're the points leader on the team, and Joe Pavelski had a goal tonight. But that first line, as a line unit, struggled tonight. And that's why I'm calling Duchesne, Sagan, and Marchman the first line, because that is the most consistent line. And I thought the fourth line was poor tonight. When this team needed energy, I think the fourth line could have provided some. I mean, when you're struggling and when you're struggling to get out of your own zone and Colorado's forechecking as hard as they can and you're exhausting your legs because you can't get it out of your own zone and you're running around just trying to get it to the neutral zone, throw a check or two, make a play, get the crowd into the game. I know that's old school. I know analytics will say, well, you know, that that's not really a factor. I'm telling you, physicality can change a game. And they didn't do that tonight. So stars fall six to three. We put out the question if you had opinions, and there are lots of opinions tonight. Let's hear from you. And you guys responded. So let's take some of those questions. And I'll give you my thoughts on tonight's game as well. So Fuzzy at Fuzzy was a boom boom says tough loss, man. There's something missing from this team. They're a good team, but they just don't feel elite. Don't know if the physicality or puck possession, but this team needs another piece. Well, Fuzz, anytime you lose like this, you are going to be searching for uh, another piece, you know, because a piece is going to be missing. And to me, that piece is consistent energy and, you know, playing 60 minutes. And when you're not playing 60 minutes, you do need that energy person to kind of muck it up in front of the net, go old school, create something happening, draw a penalty. I mean, this team, they... Colorado did to them late in the game what the Stars did to Colorado early. Stars were drawing a lot of penalty. Penalties a lot of times come from effort. And the Stars could not draw a penalty in the back half of this game. So I think an energy guy was missing, and I just felt as though they got too tired because they could not get the puck out of their own, uh, out of their own zone. So is something missing? Well, I mean... It's a good question, Fuzzy, because they have not beat a quality team yet. So I do think there's something missing. However, they're up against the cap. They cannot even call up a Stankover or a Maverick Bork right now. So those guys that are dominating the AHL are stuck in the AHL unless the Stars want to waive uh, Joe Hanley, which will open up some space. But you can't do that because of the Thomas Harley injury. Uh, Millsy. At Nui fan says, bad loss tonight. This isn't a question, just the statement. I agree. Uh, not the worst case scenario because it is early in the season, but you gave Colorado a lot of positive reinforcement. Um, and uh, it is tough watching Val Nachuskin play. This is not the Val Nachuskin that was with the Dallas Stars. Uh, this is this is a tough to watch him be as dominant and being named the number one star tonight. And he deserved it. He was all over the place. And he's a menace in front of the net. And he's such a big force. So, I mean, kudos to Colorado for reviving his career. I don't blame Dallas whatsoever on that because the player himself admitted that he could have tried harder in Dallas. 
Uh, Aaron Thacker at Thackman05. Why are the Stars struggling against good teams overall? Good question, Thackman. I know they got out to an early lead tonight, but it seems like they are beating up the weak teams only. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you have a very good New York Rangers coming in who beat the Devils tonight. You have them coming in on Monday and a very good Vegas team who did lose to Philadelphia, but... Uh, they'll be coming in on Wednesday, a late till at the American Airlines Center should be a real good one heading into Thanksgiving. But at the same time, you know, you got to beat some of these teams because otherwise you'll be uh, looking at yourself and saying, how good are we? So it's still early, but you got to beat some of those teams, especially on home ice. You actually had an opportunity. The crowd was into it tonight. Nice crowd at the AAC. They were into it. They even started a let's go stars chant. And uh, just couldn't get it going second half of the game. Uh, let's see. Jordan Harper. Uh, Jordan was upset at the video review. And, I mean, understandable. A lot of you uh, were. I think it would be hard to convince me as far as the video uh, review and other things. We didn't lose the game on failed five on three and the failed coaches challenge. I mean, those were factors. They were momentum killers. But you could get the momentum back. I just don't think... Uh, I think Colorado came hard and the stars did not know how to respond and they couldn't make any adjustments. Uh, Simon cave at Simon underscore cave asks, why is robo practically invisible on the ice? You know, Jason Robertson is an interesting story. Um, you know, was playing better defensively, uh, this year. Uh, but David Castillo pointed that out. If you're not following David Castillo of D magazine on Twitter, he's a great stars follow. Uh, so Robertson's been interesting because it's not the same, uh, Robertson that we're used to seeing. I think Jason Robertson needs to get, you know, close to the net. Um, you know, he needs some of those dirty goals because that's where Jason Robertson's real effective. You know, doesn't have that elite speed. We all know that. But Jason Robertson has an innate way that great goal scorers do as far as the puck finding his stick. So kind of got to get back to the basics for Jason Robertson. You know, that's being said, folks, 16 games, 15 points. I mean, five goals, 10 assists. So the the numbers are there. And, and that's what's so interesting about this first line. The numbers are there, but we're not seeing that dominance of a first line where teams, you know, have to put everything into stopping that first line. And the first line is basically exhausting the opposition. We're seeing that from the Sagan, Marchment, and Duchesne line, but we're not seeing it from the Robertson uh, Pavelski and Hintz line. So it is, it is interesting. So they're putting points up on the board, but I don't think they're dominant, which is kind of weird because, you know, usually they do uh, go hand in hand. Uh, let's see. What else do we have as far as uh, stars uh, questions um, for tonight as the stars lose uh, six to three, uh, did want to also point out no boxing out chasing the puck. Um, you know, there has to be a point in the NHL has changed where you got to take your man. And there were too many times tonight, both sides, by the way, Colorado early. It just was not the best defensive game by both teams. And if we are talking defensemen, we do have to talk about Kale McCarr. And I hate to say it, but 
you know, there is a difference between Kale McCarr and Miro Heiskanen. And you can argue with me on that, and I understand it. Miro Heiskanen is a great to elite player. I'll even put him in the elite category. But Kale McCarr is one of those once every 10 to 15 year players, an MVP type. And, and that's the difference. Kale McCarr can dominate a game, take over a game. I would love to see Miro do that more. You know, I know it's a different structure and Miro's better defensively. I get all that. But, you know, I want to see Miro Heishkinen, uh take over a game. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that I know people will disagree with me. And I know Miro is loved locally and as well he should. But at the same time, if you had a choice between Kale McCarr or Miro Heishkinen, Let's see what happens long-term, but I'm still taking Kale McCarr. Uh, all right. Uh, Tim Poole says, I love Spitz and Suds, especially the interviews with Stars Greats. Some uh, time I would like to hear about the reasons the North Stars moved to Dallas and how did the players feel about that? I can do a deep dive on that for you. Um, we can talk um, and find out about that. I uh, actually had dinner with Norm Green one night and some interesting tidbits came out. So uh, we can certainly uh, talk about that and give you the history. And And Luds, who joins us weekly, can give some interesting perspective as far as what was going on in Minnesota and uh, coming to Dallas. So uh, thank you so much, Tim. And uh, we'll get on that and uh, we'll try to uh, get you some uh, some good history on that. One of the things is I know they moved from you know, Minnesota, but I do appreciate that, you know, the stars hang the numbers of Neil Broughton in the rafters. Minnesota is a massive part of this history. And candidly, I, this is just me. And it's a faux par that stars fans will get mad at me. I think the stars should allow the Minnesota wild to wear the North stars one night. Why? Because the stars have the licensing rights and they'll make a lot of money off those North Stars gear, okay? I mean, the North Stars are Minnesota. I know they're a semi-rival, but at the same time, that's just something I would like to see. Um, I think out of respect for Minnesota, they don't wear the North Star sweaters. But, I mean, seeing the Whalers sweaters in Carolina, seeing the Nordique sweaters in Colorado, you know, I kind of like it. I'm an old school guy. I grew up on those teams. So I would love to see those North Stars colors. I do like that jersey that Minnesota wears that does pay tribute with those colors uh, to the Minnesota North Stars. So I know they're our enemy, but it's okay. We can talk about that. Uh, uh, getting back to Jordan, he said, I felt as though there was less than a 2.2% chance it uh, could get overturned. You only have probably about 60 seconds to put in to the referee that you're going to appeal and you want to see video review. So not a lot of time to get the decision in, but you know, looking at the various replays and we have a lot more time. Yeah. It was a tough decision. Um, one that I wasn't mad with at the time, but it certainly did kill the momentum because not only did they score a goal, but then Colorado went on the power play. Uh, Jeffrey K. Fink laces out Finkel. Uh, Fink does a lot of work with the Allen Americans. Uh, all right. He says the Hawk, how much stock do you take and how much do Shane seemingly adores being in Texas and part of the stars 
with how well he's performing on the ice. He seems like he is happier than he has been with any other team, thanks to his love uh, of the state and his team. So, I mean, listen, this is a terrific system for Matt Duchesne. Um, we're seeing a guy that arguably was probably on the downside of his career. And now all of a sudden he's reborn and hopefully he can keep it up. And Matt Duchesne has a relationship with Tyler Sagan. They work out together in the off season. So there's a relationship there to begin with. And I'm sure that might've played a factor as far as Duchesne coming here to Texas. So, um, yeah, Jim Nill has an interesting decision because you're going to have to find some space and hopefully Matt Duchesne will realize at 32 years old that he could take a little bit less and take that, you know, non-state tax, which does pump up the salary a little bit more and stay with the Dallas Stars because this is the offense for him. He's a terrific fit. 15 games played, 14 points, a plus seven on the ice. What I've said this before on Spits and Suds. I love the way he works the corners. I love the way he's so clever and tight space on the puck. He's a terrific player. Really always has been a terrific player, but it's kind of been a roller coaster ride. Some seasons, it's unbelievable to watch. The Ottawa season that Matt Duchesne put up was absolutely amazing, where he became the trade piece at the NHL trade deadline. Duchesne was the man. But there were seasons, and, you know, he kind of struggled in Nashville. I mean, had a had a good year struggling for Matt Duchesne, putting up 40, 50 points. Um, but he wasn't that Matt Duchesne that we saw early, and now he's putting up those numbers. So a real nice fit, real nice fit. And kudos once again to Jim Nill and this star staff for convincing Matt Duchesne, A, to come here, and then convincing him to come on uh, basically a $3 million salary because he got the buyout money from Nashville. So that's a real, real cheap, um, for Matt Duchesne to come here for what we're seeing on the ice. All right. So, um, that is the questions, um, for the night. And, uh, let's recap once again, stars lose, uh, six to three and disappointing fashion. Penalty minutes even at eight. So, but the penalties they took during the game were absolutely costly. And that was a momentum killer for the Dallas Stars. So, we'll try to get you more of these post games in the upcoming days. I uh, do want to uh, shout out uh, a couple of things. Uh, let's see. Uh, I wanted to get you some uh, information on. We have a great interview that we uh, put up on uh spits and suds and it was uh, i did it on uh friday and let's see sorry i was pulling it up with kwame uh, mason he's an award-winning filmmaker he's the co-curator of the nhl's 2023-24 uh united uh, by hockey uh, basically a mobile museum and this mobile museum is touring NHL cities. It'll be at the all-star game. It started out the tour in October in Ottawa. So it's coming here on November 21st and it's going to be, uh, let's see, it's going to be in farmer's branch to start at the star center. So you'll want to check it out. And we went into the museum and kind of gave you an in-depth look. 
If you have children, you listen to this podcast, you got to check out this museum. It highlights Jason Robertson and um, it basically promotes inclusion within the game. It talks about um, the various ethnicities and the breakthroughs that they've had uh, coming into the game. It promotes women in hockey with some amazing stories. It promotes sled hockey and the evolution of that game. So athletes overcoming odds, and it's fascinating. They have a virtual reality section where you can actually go on the ice and witness some of that history. So it's uh, November 21st is going to be at uh, Farmer's Branch. And then on Wednesday, November 22nd, prior to the Stars Nights, it will be in the plaza at the American Airlines Center. So check it out. It'll be open from 5 to 9. And uh, go to Spits and Suds and listen to that Kwame Mason uh, interview. Kwame was a great guy. Spent a number of years uh, in radio big hockey fan and it's awesome what he's doing he's come out with two great documentaries regarding minorities in hockey uh, but more importantly now is this mobile museum which you have to check out because it's really going to give you a sense of how far uh, this great game has come uh, as far as inclusion and finally doing these post game shows doing these interviews i'm so glad you're noticing we need more of you we want to absolutely erupt. We want to be the podcast of record, a place you guys can come for stars talk, unbiased stars talk, um, giving it to you real, whether you agree or disagree, a place that you can ask questions and get answered, a place as though you feel like you can share some laughs, a place as though you feel like you can go back in time and celebrate that 99 uh, cup victory. Uh, so, you know, uh, I hope you support us. I hope you like us. I hope you favorite us. It's an absolutely amazing feeling going on to Apple and seeing five stars for this podcast. So massive kudos. We have Sean Shapiro. We have Craig Ludwig on a regular basis. So just me tonight. So uh, I love talking to you guys, and I'm so looking forward to our next conversation, hopefully after a stars win. Unfortunately, a 6-3 to three loss tonight, but... The good news is still one point up in the Central Division. So that's going to do it for me. I'm Gavin Spittle. Thanks so much once again for listening to Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan.